What excuse do we have, man? There's always an excuse, but what is it really? You know what I mean? What what does our mind and our body really prohibit us from doing? And sometimes, yes, you won't be able to hike the trail, but you can do something else metaphorically that is the trail. Just push yourself and keep going and, and don't quit on a bad day and on and on and on. All those things you learn, you know, from Springer to Katahdin or Katahdin to Springer, wherever you're going, however you're doing it. We have a privilege right now to be able to do something like this. Go fucking do it, you know? What's going on, guys? You're listening to episode number 24 of I Just Want to Be Hiker Trash. I'm your host, as always, Hell Yeah Jesus. And today we have a wonderful conversation with Nick Green or Hollywood on the trail. That was his quote starting the episode off, which was inspiring. And there was a lot of times where I was inspired by Nick or he said something that just kind of made me think. For instance, one of them was, who are you with your thoughts? Just a small comment, but it really got me thinking. And maybe it's because I'm in this weird transition in life right now with my age and graduating, but I think it's more than that because I think I'm always kind of trying to figure out what do I truly want? Beneath my ego, underneath all the superficial, what do I truly want? To, because to, in order to achieve anything, you need to know what you truly want. And Carl Jung, or Jung, I never know how to pronounce that right, because sometimes I'll say Jung and someone says, you mean Jung? Or sometimes I say Jung and people think I'm pretentious. So it's never a win there. But he's all about this thing called individuation, which is defined as bringing forth that which is unconscious to the conscious. And in order to do that, you need to find out what you truly want. And you need to believe it'll happen. Feel it. Grab it. See the end game. And then you jump. And that's exactly what Nick did. Because not only did Nick through hike the Appalachian Trail, he did it during... COVID, when, you know, people thought you, you couldn't do it at all. He had planned this for 10 years and he, he got on trail and he achieved it. And he also filmed a documentary while he did it. And a damn good one at that too. Seven episodes, highly recommend it. I'll put them in the show notes. But it was a really inspiring documentary. It had a lot of points that really stuck out. He just kind of, what he said was he really enjoyed the moments where he just set the camera down while someone was talking and let it roll. And you can see that because what I witnessed there was a bunch of unconventional sages. You know, everyday people saying these profound things. And so you don't have to go to the university lectures. You don't have to watch a TED Talk to experience a fundamental truth. You can go out on the trail and listen to someone for 30 minutes and be inspired. And that's what Nick captured. (laughs) Real quick before we get going also, I do want to say when Nick contacted me at first or Hollywood contacted me, in his email, there's an IMBD page linked at the very bottom as like, you know, the, the footer to an email. 
and I checked it out, and he's done some pretty impressive stuff, and his trail name's Hollywood, and I heard he was doing this documentary, so I immediately was incredibly, oh, maybe not incredible, well, yeah, I'll say incredibly, um, what's the word for it? I was not intimidated, oh, maybe I was a little bit intimidated, we're just going to go off the top of the head here. And he turned out to be this very down-to-earth guy. You know, I'm not a big production here. I'm filming this in my apartment in Missoula, Montana, on a shitty microphone, using my laptop. This isn't some huge production. And he's he's used to <laughs> these big productions. And so it was um I was really happy that he was a very humble guy too. Anyways, just had to say that real quick, but here we go. Oh yeah. We got did you the, hear that? Did that? I did. I did. Oh wow. Okay. That's pretty official. That's big time. All right. Here we are. <laughs> so I got Nick Green on the podcast, Hollywood on Trail. What's going on, man? What is up, man? Not much. So how does it feel post trail life? Like you're uh how, how many months has it been? Uh it's like a year and a couple of months. So it's been a while. You know, when like people have uh babies and then they call them, they'll oh, my, my baby's six months old, 12 <laughs> months old, and they keep going. Those my baby's you know 45 months old. That's kind of I guess what I was doing for a while, but I think we can move from you know from that beyond. So over a year now, I finished uh s- September 29th of 2020. So a year and a half-ish. Oh, nice. Yeah. So how was Katahdin then? Was it was there snow at all? It was just before the okay. snow just came in and demolished everything. So September 29th is when I summited by October, like fourth, it was a whiteout. So I was with a lot of people who summited a week later or so. And actually, man, it was tragic. Like a, within a week of September 29th, summiting two people actually died on Katahdin. So we were getting the news like Oh, it seemed like daily for yeah. uh, for a while, just like, oh my God, another person. So it was awful, man. And and a couple of my friends were up there and like saw, unfortunately, one of the dead bodies, like right by the sign. Like they were summiting, they had all these emotions. And then all of a sudden they look down and it's like, oh my God, that's clearly yeah. not what we expected. And unfortunately, yeah, within a week, like two people perished. It was terrible. That is terrible. Were those people like just out for the day or... One of them was an older gentleman with his grandson, and I believe he fell and hurt himself and couldn't get down and then had to go through the night before they can find him. And it was that story, really, really tragic. And then the other person, I don't know if they ever actually came out with the details. I remember looking for it for a while to try to figure out what happened, and and they never released it. I don't know if they don't know or if inconclusive, that sort of thing. But, you know, anyway, it shakes out, man. It's like... We, we, I don't know, I at least tend to like fall into a groove long distance hiking and on these mountains where you're like, you know, almost invincible mode. You know what I mean? That yeah. like you're so comfortable out there that it's not really that dangerous and it's just not true. It's just not true. You know, I, I think that, and I think also like people after the day get too reliant on like helicopters and search and rescue. I'm a, like a wilderness first responders. And it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like how limited helicopters um, like they had the limited ability they have to land and also like search <laughs> yeah. and rescue. It's like three hours before they even get to the trail. Crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were at Yosemite, my fiance and I, not long ago, we did see a helicopter medevac rescue. And we talked to somebody later on and the amount of helicopter rescues they do like daily, daily in these big national parks. And it's like, 
it's wild the experience that that they go through the the people who are you know doing the rescuing obviously they are so unbelievably skilled and trained that it's a, it's phenomenal that they do that every day you know what i mean like once in a lifetime is enough every day they're performing these unbelievable tasks yes yeah, that's pretty gnarly um also congratulations by the way fiance uh oh, thanks man you did that on the trail yeah you'll get there in episode 7 <laughs> episode 7 yeah man um, yeah. so yeah actually we'll just go we'll just go into it because we just oh, mentioned man. the episodes uh you released um kind of a documentary series about your experience through hiking and it's called uh pack and soul and where where can you find that a uh, series right now it's on vimeo on demand um and we released it on there about three weeks ago it'll live on there for a while and coming really soon um once we kind of get everything sorted out it'll be on documentary plus and documentary plus is a really cool um streaming platform for only documentaries super high quality stuff and it's free for the consumer um, and and we're really pumped to to get on there. So that'll be a little bit down the road, but right now it's on Vimeo on demand. Inter- yeah, that's that's awesome. I also saw like you presented it for the ALDHA. Uh, re- uh, what is it? Appalachian Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. way uh, easier to say. I don't know why I actually pronounced all this. The Appalachian Long Distance Hikers Association, and yeah. they're they're a wonderful organization, and there's so many great people involved with that. So. They have an annual gathering, like this big uh, hiker trash convention that kind of switches <laughs> back between the South and the North each year. And it was in Virginia this past year. So I we went out there and showed an episode and everybody there, man, I highly suggest if you haven't been, you know, for anyone listening who hasn't yeah. been, these are so invigorating. Even if you don't have anything to do with the AT specifically, if you dig hiking at all, or just the outdoor lifestyle, this is the place for you. These, all, um, all the gatherings, they're so cool. It's invigorating really. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, my last episode, I was speaking about the, uh, the spirit of the trail and how it kind of yeah. like, it's a palpable, like you can feel that in people. It's kind of interesting. Um, it's phenomenal, man. You know, it's, it's really like the one place we all have different facets of our lives, obviously, you know, and we're, we're this for that person and we're something else for somebody else this was like one place where I didn't feel like I was anything but myself. You know what I mean? Like every, the weirdest people from all over the world and you fit right into them. You know what I mean? You have doctors and, and professors, and you also have people who live out of their vans and you have old people and young people and men and women, everybody from every walk of life there. And we just love hiking. It was a really cool experience. The trail is a great equalizer. It's yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. Um, so you're from Venice beach or where are you from? I'm from Hollywood, Florida. So I grew up in Hollywood, Florida, which is like okay. Fort Lauderdale, Miami yeah. area. And I lived there kind of until I was, uh, 18 or so. Then I went to the university of Florida, which is up in Gainesville in North Florida. And I studied theater performance there. I always wanted to be in filmmaking, be an actor. And so I moved out to California um now like 10 years ago or so about 10 years ago and i've been in venice beach ever since nice and so i mean how did you get the trail name is that because you're from hollywood florida or because you're uh, an actor <laughs> man you know i did a fair amount of thinking before i got on trail about what my trail name was going to be yeah i came up with all these really cool ones and i, I wanted to <laughs> let somebody else you know kind of dictate oh, what yeah. for me but i did come up with some pretty badass ones but <laughs> 
I also thought about what I didn't want to be. <laughs> and I was like, man, I hope I'm not something lame like Hollywood. <laughs> and then <laughs> lo and behold, the first day on trail, like two or three separate people came up to me and they learned about that. I was from Hollywood, Florida. I live in Los Angeles. I'm a filmmaker. I'm making a documentary out there. You know, your name should be man. <laughs> Hollywood. So, you know what? I just accepted it. I leaned into it and I thought, all right, man, for better or worse, I'm going with Hollywood. I like it, man. I think it's, I think it's something that's cool. I, I've, I've never heard of Hollywood before. So I think that's uh, a little bit yeah. different. There was one other Hollywood on trail that I never really? got. To meet. He was always like three or three weeks or uh, a month ahead of me. So I never got to meet him, but right. It's not, not saturated with Hollywood. So not terrible. Yeah. So did you know you're going to film the documentary uh, going into deciding to hike the trail or is that like an afterthought? I did. I mean, I've been dreaming about the trail since I was 10 years old. So hiking it has always been uh, a part of me. And I always knew at some point I was going to do it. The, the, the filming it, the documenting of it probably came, I don't know, when I decided I wanted to be a filmmaker. You know what I mean? It kind of always went hand in hand. So for the past know, 10 years or so, I've really been thinking about what would that be like if I was out there in the middle of nowhere with a camera? What would that be like if I was on trail with a camera, that sort of thing. And then about two years prior to actually going on trail, that's when I started accumulating all the equipment and figuring out what the hell is this thing actually going to look like? How do I actually facilitate a documentary on trail? And it's extremely difficult. It's hard <laughs> enough just to hike the damn trail. It's hard enough just to make a film about anything. Try to do those two things together is damn near impossible. But it was a it was a wonderful challenge that I accepted wholeheartedly. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like, I how much extra was the the weight that you had to carry? Six and a half pounds. <laughs> Six. And a half. <laughs> nice. There you go. Exactly. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was you know not just I got the lightest um, uh, lightweight camera I could find, which was this mirrorless camera, the Sony A sixty four hundred. And it was a beast. It was really good, but it was the most lightweight, affordable, durable, like the mix of all those qualities. And I went out there with that, but you're bringing like a little tripod, you're bringing batteries, you're bringing your mic, you're bringing whatever you're bringing all your camera equipment with you. So that's a concession, man. All right. Six and a half pounds. What am I, what do I house? What, what do I have to get rid of in order to make yeah. up six and a half pounds kind of thing, you know? Well, what did, what did you get rid of? Like, what were some of those? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it wasn't, my pack wasn't that heavy, honestly. It was probably all in food and water. I think it was like 30, between 30 and 35, you know what I mean? So, which is heavier than other people for sure. Not bad at all. Not terrible. Right. Like it's, you know, watching these documentaries of people in like the eighties with their big external pack, (laughs) they're like 60 pounds. I'm like, fine. It's fine. And you learn how to deal with it, man. Like the, the Osprey pack that I had carried the weight very, very well, as opposed to, you know, the really lightweight ultralight backpacks that are awesome. They just don't carry that much weight very well. They're very, they're uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. So this one was fine. And I I also like the athletic challenge of it a little bit, you know, like let's, let's work out a little bit on trail. (laughs) No, I I feel that the first time I was on trail, I was out with the 75 liter, uh, Gregory Baltoro, um, which is a huge pack. Yeah. And then it looked like you had the Greg or the Osprey Atmos. Is that correct? Yeah. 65. Yeah. But it's a good pack. Super comfortable, super durable. I I loved it. And it becomes a part of you. You know what I mean? Like it really, it felt like an extension of my body. I mean, so much so by the end of your experience, you're like, you know, 
it feels weird to hike without a pack. You yeah. know what I mean? It feels weird not to have 35 pounds on your back. I, it's a weird experience, but I you're literally it. like a turtle and it's like, you're a turtle yeah. without a shell yeah. when you get home. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> this is my, my barrier between me and the world, <laughs> you know? Well, I do. I thought your documentary was like excellent. You know, I think a lot of times, sometimes I've seen that there seems to be like an agenda with it and the yours is like beautifully shot. And I like the simplicity of it. And it just felt like you were kind of hiking with you. And then you just arrived at like the shelter or arrived at like the hostel. And that was kind of a cool experience to, I mean, I felt like I was with you, um, which is kind of cool. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I wanted to do was allow people to at least get a glimpse into what it might feel like to be on trail, you know? So the good, the bad, the other, I really wanted to kind of convey it all. And I watched so many documentaries before I left so many AT documentaries and just hiking documentaries in general. And I think they all had something to to say. They all had something to add, you know, and whether it was your personal flavor or not, they, they were all, I, I really value all of those. Um, if someone yeah. sets out to do something like that, I'm, I'm a fan of yours kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I tried to do the best I could and I think it turned out really well. So I really, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you're welcome. I also think it's like interesting when you're filming people and, you know, obviously people are going to change a little bit on film, but it always seems like you have these like unconventional sages that come out, like, um, no rush with that. What was it? He's like, if you can't carry it in your backpack, your soul, you don't need it plain and simple. And, uh, that is, gave me chills when he said that. And then that's, uh, I'm guessing that's why you named it, uh, pack and soul. That's it, man. That, that <laughs> dude, he hit me in the head real hard, man. Like I just, uh, I just fell in love with him and his whole mentality and that saying, and I mean, whatever, whatever the title of the documentary was going to be before that, it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. That's what it needed to be. He's absolutely right. I mean, so many adages on trail transfer back into your real life, man. Like so many things you learn, your day-to-day lessons on trail. If if we could just live like that in our daily lives, how much better would we be? And that was one of them. If we can't carry it in our pack or in our souls, we don't need it, man. Our whole world sometimes seems so expansive and like overwhelming. And the reality is we don't need all that stuff. What do we need? You know, we need, we need our, our, fr- our family and our friends and our love right around us. And just a few things that we could put in our pack. And other than that, just fill your soul to the brim and we'll be happy. And it's hard, man. It's, it's hard to live like that. So it's cool to go back and listen to no rush. Tell me all the time, <laughs> you know, what do I need to do? No rush. Oh, right. Okay. Got it. Thanks brother. He was a silly guy. Did you, uh, hike with him for very long? You just like met him. Oh no, man. <laughs> he was one of those experiences. I'm sure you've had plenty of these where you're walking in the opposite direction. Hey, how's it going? And he's, you start chatting for just like a minute. And then all of a sudden he just sits down in the middle of the trail, <laughs> takes out coffee may, or like makes coffee on his stove. And he just starts talking to me, man. And we just get to chatting for like, I'd say we talked for about a half an hour and that's all I've ever known no rush for was a half an hour in person. Yet we text all the time. And, you know, again, his words are constantly ringing in my head. So it was one of those really fortuitous trail experiences where I I, I don't even really know him that well, but I know him so well. You know what I mean? I couldn't know him any better, honestly. 
That's Why? pretty crazy. That's uh, I just finished reading the Tao Te Ching, which is like uh, all about these polarities. And like you said, you don't really know him that well, but you know him incredibly well, which is something that I feel like is coming straight out of that book. And he also said something that really struck with me, like the way he got over the painkillers. And it's like uh, in the Tao Te Ching, they say the sage confronts difficulties and because of this, they don't experience difficulties. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy how uh, deep this <laughs> no rush was with that very thick kind of accent. And, oh, uh, straight out of Boston or Quincy, <laughs> Massachusetts is where he's from. Yeah, man. And he kind of doesn't apologize for anything. And and I, I guarantee he turns a lot of people off with how he is and who he is. But not me, man. I'm really into it. <laughs> I yeah. think he's so brutally honest. And like, you don't have to agree with everything everybody says. That's another really positive trail lesson. It's like, you're not going to agree with everybody about everything, but if you have just something in common, just one thing, you can have an entire relationship with somebody you can base that off of, you know? And yeah. And I I think that's a a beautiful lesson that we can also transfer. Yeah. It seemed like everyone you had a positive experience with, uh, I mean, I'm only on episode four too, but then I, I noticed that one episode where you're talking about, uh, the church and, uh, and it was interesting because then you said, well, I'm headed back on trail where God actually is. Um, were you spiritual going into the trail or is that something that you kind of like found? Um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty heady and pretty spiritual all the time. Yeah. I've dabbled in a lot of religions and I grew up, my mom is Catholic and my dad's Jewish. And we grew up really without a grapple on either religion so much, but I, I ended up really identifying with Jewish culture later on in my life. So much so, like I work in the Jewish world right now a lot, doing yeah. a lot of teaching with, uh, you know, youth leadership and things like that. And the reason I love it so much is might be why somebody loves, you know, Buddhism or something like that is because I find the spirituality in it. You know what I mean? I'm not taking things literally, but they all they all have meaning behind the teachings. So going in, I found. I knew I was going to, and I was so happy that I did find so much spirituality on trail because for me personally, I I view God and religion and spirituality as a synonym to nature. I really do mm-hmm. just existence. It all just is. And however you describe it, cool. That That's fine. That's wonderful. Just describe it the way that makes you feel comfortable, comfortable in the way you can understand. But the trail life for me really was just it exemplified what I view as spiritual or, or religious, or you really just find this godly ex- experience on trail that I don't think I've ever really found anywhere else. You know, you feel at one with the world, you are part yeah. of this world out there. And sometimes we feel separate and I don't think we are like we, you, me, us, this whole experience is one experience in my mind, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Actually, my last episode just posted today was all about how we're this disconnectedness with nature. And uh, um, it's it's crazy, man. Um, now Why more than ever. That is? Why do you think we feel as human beings that we're separate from nature, from who we truly are? I think it's like, you know, we like we find God in technology and like we've kind of essentially killed the God um like the old God. And so now we have this yeah. new God of scientism. And so it like, and I, I don't want to repeat what I just said in my last episode, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's all I'm like, uh, that's what I think, man. And, and so it leaves very little and in, like uh, individual purpose and meaning. Wow, man, that's, that's pretty deep and pretty sad to tell you the truth that we've made something artificial. That's so visceral and, and real to us. We've replaced it with something artificial. 
but I think it also, the positive is like, it, it makes us aware of that too. Cause now, now even more, we're aware of these public lands and we're aware of how disconnected we're becoming, but then what do you do with that? Uh, I mean, that, that's the question, like, what are we going to do with that? But I think now we're like becoming more and more aware of this disconnectedness. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope we are. I, I think you asked a really good question though. What are we going to do? Okay, great. We're yeah. aware of it. I just, man, the, the more, the older I get, I'm becoming more and more a misanthrope really. Like yeah. I, I just feel like as a, as a race, we're just not very good at what we do. You know, yeah. I mean, actually we're very good at what we do and what we do is negative. You know what I mean? We're, we don't add value too much to the earth. And I think that's a really sad notion that the best thing we can do for our earth is kind of like, leave it the hell alone. You know, yeah, that's, that's a hard thing to reckon with. So, which makes these interactions with phenomenal individuals so important, specifically for me, when you find somebody and they're everywhere, obviously, mm -hmm. when you find a connection with another human being that is so positive and is so wonderful and filled with love, it's like, oh, that's what human beings are good at. We're good at being one-on-one -on -one with each other and, and loving each other truly as individuals rather than just as a people as a whole, you know? Yeah, no, it's so true. And I think the trail like offers this, uh, this opportunity to like lower your barriers, your boundaries. Like you can, right. um, you're no longer like your profession or whatever background you have. You're, you're, you're on the trail. You're a hiker. Um, yeah. That what's cool. It's like you, you are hell yeah, Jesus, you're Hollywood. You are like <laughs> yeah. weird fucking things that, that don't correlate you back to our real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I always put it in quotes. Like, why is this life any more real than that one? It doesn't make that seems more real than this in a big way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I don't quite understand why we make that distinction, but I, I don't think we do actually. I think once you're out there, it makes a lot of sense, you know, Oh, this, this is real too. And I think a lot of people who struggle on trail, um, it, don't accept it as being real. Maybe, you know what I mean? And we all go through those days of just like, ah, I, I just want to get back to my normal life, my day-to-day -day life. And once you realize that this is it, this is your normal life. If you're doing a long distance hike, man, if you're on trail four five, six months, that is life. You're not on vacation. You're not, you know, uh, remitting yourself from any, you're, you are there living your life and accepting that I think is a big, uh, part of be going on a through hike, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, in the documentary, there was the guy who was a still hiker and he was mm -hmm. talking about how through hikers are there to, uh, out there trying to prove themselves. And do you feel yeah. like you went on trail trying to prove yourself? Um, yeah, he had great points, man. Like yeah. I, I was just kind of sitting there with my jaw dropped as I was filming. <laughs> sometimes it does feel like that. We're out there trying to prove something, which by the way, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think it's a different thing than what he was doing and what he was doing was awesome too. Like it worked totally for him. Um, but the people who go out there and they're like, I'm going to do the entire 18, 80 days. Cool. I mean, that's like an absolute challenge that I dig too, kind of, you know, just growing up in sports and as an athlete, like I love the, the physical challenge of that. I love the athletic component. Um, I don't think I was in it for that more than anything else though. Like I really wanted to be on trail so I can, I can just live out a dream that I had since I was 10 and to hang out in the woods for a little bit of time. You know what I mean? I don't think I really had anything to prove per se. 
I suppose the proving had to come with my ego in that if I say I'm going to do it, God damn it, I'm going to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? I really don't want to fail. And when I got really bad shin splints, man, I thought I was failing. I thought my body betrayed me and I was going to have to hang up the boots and go home and tell everybody I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? I couldn't cut it. And luckily I, it didn't happen that way, but I, I, you feel your fragility out there. And sometimes it's out of your control, man. You have amazing hikers, amazing, meaning like experienced hikers who have done tons of things. They twist an ankle and they break their leg. And what are you going to do? Or they have a circumstance back home. Does that mean you're a failure? Hell no. I mean, what does that even mean? You didn't do it now. You're not a failure. Yeah. You might have failed at this now, but we, that's awesome. That's part of, if you long distance, hike long enough, you're going to fail at some point. And that's a positive thing as well. I think. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, why do you think, so coming from, you know, now you're in the West coast. Yeah. Why the AT and not the Pacific crest trail? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it was just more in my bones to do the AT because I grew up in South Florida. We had a winter home in North Carolina. There's this weird, like real estate, Thing that happens where so many people from South Florida have winter homes in like this one little area in North Carolina and Western North Carolina, like right by uh, Carver's Gap area, Spruce okay. Pine area. Um, so we just grew up going up there, you know, our whole lives, my whole life. I went up there to this little area right beside the AT and we always used to go hike on the AT and I would look at people hiking and I thought that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I like, I didn't know what it was that I was looking at, but I knew it was awesome and that I wanted it. So I always just had an affinity to the AT. Um, and when I moved to the West coast, yeah, I've hiked a bunch of the PCT and it's phenomenal. It's incredible. Like the, the PCT is every bit as beautiful as they say it is, but it wasn't in my bones. Like the AT was mm -hmm. now I've done the AT. Maybe I will do the PCT at some point. Um, it just, it just wasn't like intrinsically me like the AT is, you know? Yeah, no, I, I t totally get that. Um, I think it's tough. I live in Montana right now. And so it's like, everyone like kind of bashes yeah. on the AT a little bit. Um, do they really? Which, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like, oh, I, I would never do that. It's the PCT or the CDT. It's like, oh man, the AT is beautiful. But like, why do you have that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't get the it. CDT and the PCT. Hell yeah. Go do those. But yeah. like, why, why does the AT then have to not be good? I know. <laughs> I don't get it. They're great. They can all be, <laughs> they can all be good. We have room for three great long trails in the US. Yeah, exactly. And more. Yeah. Dude, Montana's wild, man. We, we drove back from, we went from Maine. My, my, my then girlfriend, now fiance met me in Maine. We drove actually to Acadia national park. Oh, nice. Road. Yeah. Like, I got off trail and I went camping <laughs> and then <laughs> We went down to Philly where her family is, but then we drove back from Philly to Los Angeles and that drive was awesome, man. That was my first cross country trip in a car like that. And going through Montana, man, we were on these like freaking, uh, really, really dark highway roads. It was winter at that point. So the snow's coming down We're all, everyone's going like 20 miles an hour. Yeah. There's like deer carcasses everywhere, man. <laughs> There's like blood splattered all over the place. It was absolutely terrifying and also exhilarating at the same time. That was, that was like my experience <laughs> in Montana. Did you guys go through like 90? Did you guys go through like Butte and, uh, Bozeman and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We did. So, and, and then we, we kind of just like up and down it uh, across the way. So we did South Dakota and did black Hills nice. area and then did, um, Yellowstone and, and grand Tetons and that kind of stuff. So we were just like up and down 
and just tried to make as much of an adventure as we could out of it. But it was, I mean, that area, how long have you been there, man? It is so like beautiful. three, three years now. It doesn't yeah. get old, right? It can't get old. It's can't gorgeous. get old though. I'm about to move, man. I'm about to head to Southeast oh. Alaska and, uh, yeah. wow. Come on. That's but, uh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the Rockies are beautiful. I, I, I love it. I wish there's more, uh, greenery, but it's, uh, you, and yeah. it's beautiful. It's a great place. That's really, that's really neat, man. Yeah. I love it out there. It's, which is really cool to like, you know, I don't know. I think our Amer- our American mentality sometimes sends us so far away from America for really no reason. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I grew up traveling a bunch, but I always was like, okay, where, how far can I get, you know? And that's the adventure. Let me go to Vietnam. Let me go to Japan. Let me go to wherever on and on and on. But like right in, right in our own home, man, it's so diverse and it's so exquisitely beautiful. And I think that's really what's attractive to me about long distance hiking is because yeah. there's so much of it in the U.S. that we get to do It's right here. And it's all different and it's all worthwhile. No matter what people in Montana say about the age, <laughs> it's awesome too. It's all yeah. great. Do you think yeah. you you thought this before you threw hiked, or is that something like after you threw? You're like, man, this is uh, I need to spend more time in the in the U.S. Um, I I think it w- I think the nugget was there in my mind. Yeah, that's probably what it would be like. And then it was like validation. It was yeah, it actually is what it's like. You know what I mean? The Do you know anything about the American Perimeter Trail, the APT? I don't. All right, talk about and that. I don't know anything just, about it. It's now. It's happening like now. This guy Rue. He's this absolute trailblazer who's essentially making, who has made, it's it's pretty much done now, an entire perimeter trail around the United States. So it's like, oh man, I forget the mileage, but you know, into the teens, thousands of miles. Yeah. And he started in Bend, Oregon and just like connected all of our big trails essentially. And he took him like three years to do, and he's still doing it. There's still more to do. And the idea is not to like through hike the whole thing. You know what I mean? That's not really the goal though. Someone probably at some point will (laughs) probably crazy bastards will do it like more power to her or him. But, um, the idea is that whether you're in Southern California, like me or up in Maine or up in Bend, Oregon, or down in Florida, you have a trail. So people in Montana aren't shitting on the AT and people in Maine aren't shitting on the PCT. And like, this is all one connective experience. The same we were talking about before. We're like, it's all the same, man. It's all the yeah. spiritual nature of the trails and, and beyond to have one connected trail. That's like ours. I think it's phenomenal. And uh, what they're doing is, is really, really cool. And it's at such the infant stages too. You know, it's like the twenties with the AT, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like really early on conceptual almost, although he has mapped it all out. It, it's really cool to me. Anyway, that's, that's kind of the idea of this connected nature of trails in the U S where it's all one experience, man. It's all one experience. That's very cool. And it's, it's called the APT. Yeah. The American perimeter trail. American perimeter trail. Nice. That's yeah. Look, definitely look into it. Yeah, I will. I, I'm familiar with the Great Western Loop, which is something that looks like like eight thousand miles. So I can't even imagine like how many miles the APT would be. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> I forgot it slipped my mind at this point, but it's something massive. Yeah, and he's, yeah. He's kind of an animal, man. He's he's been he's walked them all. <laughs> so like, Dang. he's awesome. Yeah. Do you feel the need to? I know, like that's a, the pressure with me is like I'm like I keep seeing all these people on Instagram doing other trails, and it's like I'm trying not to get down on myself about it. But do you feel the need to like go out there and prove yourself on another trail? 
Um, I, I feel the need to go out there. I think it's invigorating, but I, I really don't want, I don't think I need, feel the need to prove myself and yeah. to anybody, maybe to myself just to like, yeah. you know, get that challenge within myself again. But I mean, yeah, all my buddies, you know, from the AT are now they've done the PCT. They're about to do the CDT or they're down doing the Florida trail right now. And they're all over the place. And it's, it is invigorating. I don't think I don't think it's reached the point of like envy or jealousy. And I don't think yeah. it's the poison of me getting down about myself. Maybe, you know, talk to me in another year. Maybe I feel differently. But <laughs> at this point, it's like I'm so proud of them and their accomplishments. And it makes me want to do more. So I am doing more. You know what I yeah. mean? And I haven't been able to do another like through hike experience yet, but it's going to happen at some point. I know that. And if it doesn't, then that's my path. And that's all right too. I'll do a bunch of smaller ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um it, I love it. I love seeing it, man. I love seeing you have this podcast. I love seeing other people have their podcasts and their films. And it's like, it's not a competition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, especially in film, man, as an actor in LA, you get so bogged down with competition and like competing for roles and competing for airspace. It's like the world is big enough, man. It really is. So I want to encourage people as much as I possibly can, because God knows I've been encouraged by others, you know? Yeah, you've, you've done some big things. I was checking out your page. I was like, I was impressed. I was like, oh man. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even that, like, I'm trying. Listen, we all have perspective. I'm looking at yeah. people seemingly above me, and I'm like, God, I want to get there. And they're looking at people above them. And they're thinking, I sure. get there. So it's all perception, really. But at the end of the day, right? Like, I have done some wonderful things and I still have wonderful things yet to do. And the same with you. You know what I mean? You've done incredible things in your life and you will do more. And it's just like, where are we? right now let's continue it let's keep it going yeah I, I completely agree with that like all all we have right now is this, this present moment and we're all kind of equal in the present moment and how much effort we put towards that present moment uh and so i think we all can experience the trail life even in like uh some sort of outdoor experience in the afternoon that you take uh yeah. on the apt on the apt baby <laughs> yeah man do you do you consider yourself a hiker when you're not hiking like, do you consider yourself hiker trash, even in the real world, you know, with a bunch of quotes around all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a tough thing. You know, I, I, uh, I feel like I, I want to, but I feel like I'm slowly losing that. And I, and I'm, and I'm not bummed out about slowly losing that. And I feel like it's, it could be age, like I'm 27 years old. Um, and also like I'm working seasonally, like I'm a hiking guide and stuff. So I'm still like yeah. kind of in that world and yeah. working in a gear shop, uh, though, like we're even working in a gear shop. I don't ever get asked about like long distance hike. It's almost like, ah, oh, shoot. I wish someone would, would be don't through, like, you, you said? no, I don't. I'm not, I don't. I try to like, I just don't like to bring it up either. Like, I guess I'm not one to like always talk about it. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. I want someone else to like, like slowly <laughs> come out. Um, I just think that's you don't want to feel braggadocious about anything. Yeah. And I'm sure somebody <laughs> will be listening, but like, oh, well, I heard him this one time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want everything to come authentically. And so I think, I don't know if I can authentically call myself uh hiker trash. 24 seven, but I do yeah. like you're talking about, I think there's certain ideals that comes with being a through hiker, long distance hiker that helps you out in the, the real world. I think that the trail is a metaphor for absolutely the real world or quote unquote real world. I, a lot of quotes in what we're talking about. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, I, so we, we, um, premiered the first episode of pack and soul and I invited yeah. 
some friends and it was really a cool experience, man. And like, we were preparing for it. We had a really cool space. It was, everything was wonderful and I was getting ready for it. And I was like, Oh, I got to shave. I got to like, you know, look presentable for my premiere about the Appalachian <laughs> trail. Yeah. And it just kind of like hit me that juxtaposition. Like, what am I doing, man? Like, yeah, I, cause I don't like shaving. I don't enjoy it. Particularly. I don't like the way I look when I'm shaved. I don't like the, the act of shaving. I do it because it's like gets too long and it hurts or I start swallowing my beard, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But this idea of a presentation, like looking presentable to the world or looking suitable to the world, that's something that I think we, I anyway, I fought against on trail because I loved not looking presentable. I love going into town and people looking at me like I was a piece of trash. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. sitting down and having you know, a philosophical conversation about them that, oh, I can be educated and smell terrible at the same time. You know what I mean? I can have feelings and be a gross looking at the same time, which is again, you know, sometimes listen, dude, I live on Venice beach, man. And to get real for a second, like the, the homeless problem in Southern California, specifically in all of California and, and a lot of parts of our country is out of control. And we just like look past these human beings all the time. I'm including myself in this because I fall victim to it. And like, you don't even see a person sometimes and it's awful, man. It is so bad to disregard a human being based on how they look. And again, I'm not criticizing other people because I do it too. It just sucks. And it's something that I always want to be cognizant of because at one point I was like a little bit in their shoes, not fully, but a little bit. Yeah recognizing my God, these people are looking at me like I'm literally a piece of trash. You know what I mean? And we wear it as a badge of honor on the AT to call ourselves hyper trash. But what if somebody doesn't have the, the option to like hang up their pack and go take a shower? It's almost like glamorizing the the homelessness. Um, and, yeah, and, man. Yeah. You know? But it's cool though. In, in that it put me in a, a different mindset. Like these are human beings, man. Always, always 100% of the time. And like, if you don't have a dollar to spare to give somebody, that's fine. You know, that, that might not be what you're supposed to do, but you can look somebody in the eye and smile. You know what I mean? Like treat them like a human, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know where we just went with that. I got pretty. No, I think that's, that's no, I, I, I worry about that too, with the hiker trash thing. And also like being, wanting to be a through hiker and stuff and this whole idea, like van lifing and whatever. And like, yeah. you know, people, some, don't, some people don't have that option and they, they're just, that's their life and they don't want it. Yeah. Um, and so what do you do? Like, how do you help them out? Like, should we be focusing more on helping them out instead of like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, uh, man. Cause all right. At the end of the day, that was our choice. Yeah. And we were able to do that because, you know, like so we had a credit card with us as well. You yeah. Know what I mean, like it is a big show at the end of the day about being trash. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. again, I, I thoroughly accept that, that terminology. I love being hiker trash because I recognize there's a deeper meaning to that as well. And it's more of a commentary on our society as well. Me included. Yeah. You know, it's like the modern day jester, like, you know, the jesters in court, they're bringing to light the atrocities of people don't understand that. Um, that is such a wonderful point. Wow. It's interesting. Like I was, uh, so I was watching your documentary and like, there was that, the still hiker playing guitar yeah. and uh front and center was a sticker that said hiker trash and i was like oh wow what <laughs> yeah, does uh what does hiker trash mean to you i mean it's so prevalent in the community what does that mean to you to me yeah to you as what an individual yeah 
to me. Yeah, I, I, I suppose it really is just an extension of this now conversation that we're having in that there is a perception of what we should be. And when you're on trail, it doesn't really matter what you should be, because as you called it earlier, it's the great equalizer. No matter what you should or shouldn't be, you have 25 miles to hike today. Did you hit that? And if not, okay, are you going to do it tomorrow? Like, you know what I mean? And if you don't do that, that's fine as well. You're carving your own path, but we are all in this same boat together. So wearing something like hiker trash as a badge of honor, as opposed to, you know, disregarding it as something less than human or something negative, even, uh, I, I think was something that felt good to me. You know, it felt good to be, I don't know. I think maybe what humans are supposed to be, you know what I mean? More animalistic rather than prim and proper, rather than, um, polished, rather than being a show, it's like, who are we truly as animals? And that could be translated back into real life as well. It's interesting. Like, I wonder where it comes from us being so like all this etiquette. And so like, where does that come from? Like why it's so uncomfortable. Like, you, you know, once you lose that ego, it feels so comfortable and you feel so at your, like, so yourself. So where does that come from? I don't know, man. I just thought of like, the movie Titanic when they're up in first class and everybody's <laughs> yeah. so stiff and all of a sudden jump cut to third class steerage and everyone's dancing and drinking and having the greatest time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, no, it's exactly. more fun. It's more fun to be in third class. You know what I mean? And where does it come from? I mean, I'm, I I'm sure it comes from some sort of uh, protectionary measure. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. However, being clean is really important. Yeah. <laughs> I got so many styes on trail, like, you know, those bumps in your eyes. Yeah. I got so many of those on trail. Like I, I would, I was not a healthy person at certain points because <laughs> I was really, I would go two weeks sometimes without like going into town and showering. And like, it was pretty freaking nasty to tell you the truth. So there is something to being clean. That is yeah. important. Um, but there's, there's, I don't know. There's, there's nothing wrong with embracing more animalistic tendencies sometimes and, and realizing that as natural, as opposed to like, let's wear a tuxedo today. Like it's, yeah. that doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? Well, you went all out. I saw it was, it was very brief, but I saw you uh, participated in hike naked day. How was oh, that? Yeah. That was awesome. That was really <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent of skin. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's, Again, talking about being animals, I don't know what we're so bashful about. We're, we all have body parts, so yeah, whatever. Um, the only reason I didn't hike naked all the time, I suppose, is like, man, I, I got bit up so much out there. So like even that one mile I did naked, I was like, okay, I'm ready. This is like not comfortable, <laughs> man. Clothing could be a good thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it's gotta be tough to pick and choose like what moments get on the documentary. Was there something that like you wish would have gotten on, but you guys like kind of cut it. Like there's just like no time for it. Oh, there's so much, man. So I had, I, um, I probably had about 30 hours of footage when I got back, like real footage, things I, I thought were, that was, that had value and could possibly make it in 30 hours right now. It's seven episodes, roughly 30 minutes per episode. It's about three and a half hours. Right. 
So I had to chop a lot. Yeah. And at one point I just made like a director's cut sort of thing. And I just thought, you know what, when I'm a hundred years old, I can look back at this like seven hour long experience and I can remember it, but storytelling, you know, in general, you, you, leaving things out is equally as important as keeping things in. And you might watch it. Somebody might watch it now and say, yeah, you could take that out. Or oh, I wish I had more of this. And it's always a balance and they might be right, you know, but at the end of the day, um, uh, my brothers who helped me out on this a lot. And I thought this was the good balance. This is like enough in there to where people feel like they're getting something, but it's not too much to, to drown out, uh, you know, the actual messages that are, that are being sent and on and on. So there was a lot, man. There was a lot. I, I love, so I guess your question is, is there something we left out? I love just putting the camera down and letting people talk. I love mm -hmm. it. Like I could watch that all day and I can film it all day. So there's a, there's a part where Seeker and I are sitting down and we're talking about Mountain Dew and we're talking about, we're eating pizza and that sort of thing. If you remember that part. I do. Yeah. And that I just let it roll for probably like 15 minutes. And at one point I had like all 15 minutes in there. It was just like 15 minutes of us <laughs> eating gross pizza and like drinking Mountain Dew and talking and joshing around with each other. And there's no way that could have ended up in there. That's just not really that entertaining to watch if you're not me or seeker, but, um, stuff, stuff like that. I wish in a different world, it's just like, I wish people dug it as much as I dig it. You know what I mean? Well, it, I think it's just like, I mean, I've had that moment exactly like in uh, pizza delivered on yeah. the trail and getting some Mountain Dew. And it's like one moment where you're on the trail, but you're not on the trail. And it's, it's like, you can kind of let your guard down a little bit. Um, like, I don't know what's in there. Maybe a minute is in there right now. So hopefully like that you can identify with and say, okay, I know I get what that feels like. I remember that now we can move on and I don't need 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So do you, you, you hiked a seeker the entirety of the trail? Um, no, you know, 2020 man was pretty wacky in that for me anyway, I didn't really have a, uh, a true bubble. You know what I mean? I was hopping in and out of people's lives and they were hopping in and out of mine the entire time. Seeker ended up being somebody I hiked with for a long time. Just like we, we meet up, hike for a week, um, by accident kind of thing, and then fall out of each other's lives and then meet them a month later and then hike another week, that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy having people around me, but I also really enjoy my, I don't know. I guess we would call it like our alone time. Yeah. <laughs> I really like just being by myself, hiking and meeting up with people at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Let's decompress around the fire or shelter or something like that. But I, I liked being out there by myself in 2020. It provided that opportunity, man. Like there were not that very many people there, especially in the South at the beginning. I started May 10th and there were days, stretches of days where like I saw maybe two people a day. You know what I mean? Like it was pretty cool in that regard from my perspective anyway, from my vantage point. And I enjoyed that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. It's almost like the Novo experience is similar to like the Sobo experience. Um, I think the quietness is right. And I honestly, there's a part where I, I teared up in your documentary when you met Stronghold's girlfriend. And I think that's, I've had so many moments where I've been in yeah. a shelter with somebody and got to know somebody at such a personal level that I would never have. Um, and I just thought that was such a great moment. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know who is Stronghold. Um, yeah. You... Stronghold was uh, a guy that, you know, a couple of years ago was on trail 
and unfortunately was murdered by somebody who was really unstable. And it was in Virginia, I believe, right at that area. And, you know, it's one of those tragic stories that people fear about on trail, but, you know, he, he stepped up to his duty and he was helping to protect people that were in camp. And he was a former military uh, person himself. So I think he was probably pretty used to protecting others. And I mean, I, I guess I won't go too far into detail, yeah. but I, mean, I think the, the idea is that that's like what people fear and it does happen on trail and, and his memory lives on. And, and I think anybody who hears his story, you know, feels like they, um, they owe him one, a debt of gratitude, but also like, all right, you know what, let's, let's keep hiking. You know what I mean? If he was out there doing what he was, what he wanted to do, what he deserved to do. And unfortunately he can't do it now. So I better, you know what I mean? If I'm having a tough day, that's, that's what I want to think about. You know, someone who, who isn't able to do it right now. And I'm going to do it because of that. And songbird was his girlfriend. And I mean, I wish I could find her again. I never got her contact information, but we had the most beautiful conversation into the night. And she, she knew so much about the different bird calls and she was really a wonderful person and so admirable to like, get back on trail, man. Like that's where she needed to be. And, and I hope I'm not speaking out of line when I, when I speak about her story and what happened, cause I've never been able to contact her again. And I would love to, but I, she was an inspiration for me. She really was. So if she ever, you know, hears this or anything like that, I, you know, I thank her wholeheartedly and yeah, strongholds memory certainly is something that I think about a lot. And that was like, it was a very small part in there, but I, I got chills and that really inspired me just that little smart, small part in the documentary. Yeah. Um, so was there, was there anybody else uh, besides Seeker that you spent a whole lot of time with? Uh, there were, yeah, there were a few people. So I had, I also had friends come visit me. That's right. Uh, Kazoo. I saw that. Kazoo. Kazoo is my really, really good buddy. He lives in LA now and he's, you know, one of my best friends. So for him to come out there and, and spend three weeks, he was a lasher, man. <laughs> long ass section hiker. So he was out there for three whole weeks and went all through Pennsylvania into Jersey. And, uh, it's, let me tell you something. It's not like all roses when you hike with somebody, when I hike with somebody, because you're at different paces, because you just want your alone time. Sometimes like it can be very challenging. And we did have some challenging moments together. Absolutely. But like, that's what made it so much more worthwhile as well. You know what I mean? I, I honestly don't know if I can hike an entire trail with somebody and people mm -hmm. do it all the time with a significant other or a friend or a brother, dad, mom, whatever. I liked being kind of a rogue character that just met up with people along the way. So, um, he was the longest because it was the longest, which was three weeks, but I also had two other people come out and meet me for a week long each. And then, you know, just other hikers I met again, in and out of each other's lives probably equal, you know, a week or two or something like that. But, um, it's, it's a cool experience to share that with somebody. And as we are talking about with no rush, you, if you hang out with somebody for a half an hour, it feels like an <laughs> eternity, man. Yeah. It feels like a lifetime. You know what I mean? Trail life as opposed it's like dog years or something, trail years, you know, what it, what it kind of, uh, I don't know what it translates to, but 
No, that's really crazy. It's hard to explain it to somebody who hasn't experienced it. Um, yeah. And I've even forgotten it being off trail for so long. Yeah. Um, I guess it's similar to like people who go to summer camp growing up, you know, yeah. they have friends They're like, this is my <laughs> best friend. I was like, you knew him for a week and a half, man. <laughs> but they feel that way. Yeah. Or, you know, like, I guess the, 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 the highest version of that are people in the military, you know, who, who yeah. go through these really intense experiences with one another. And then they're just bonded for life. You know what I mean? That must be like the highest form of that. Did Kazoot, so it's interesting, like being with somebody who's off trail and then them seeing you on trail, but not just like starting with you. They met you when you were like full on hiker trash. Did he notice any difference like right off the bat? And see, that was a big, that was something we had to like figure out what to do because I, you know, halfway through you're kind of a machine already. You know what I mean? Like I was hitting 25s and thirties, like a lot every day. And like, you're somebody without trail legs who's in shape and like a strong person, but that's hard to jump into. You know what I mean? So yeah, he saw me and was like, holy crap, you're, you are a machine, man. And like, you have your routine, you know what you're doing. You've been on trail for for two months already or whatever it was. So he had to do a lot of adjusting and a lot of catching up really quickly, which again, I mean, he rose to the occasion and it was really a phenomenal experience. Um, but, uh, you, you, I, which is part of the, the through hike experience is like, how does your body change? physically, what do you look yeah. like and losing 18 pounds or growing a big beard? And that stuff's really cool to me. I love seeing the, the, the time-lapse <laughs> videos of myself and others where their beard grows and their hair grows and their body's getting all skinny and emaciated. I, it's so cool looking. It is pretty cool. Um, do you have like a before after? Yeah. So I have a before and after I, you'll see that in episode seven as well. Nice. There, there's like a before and after, but I also did like a selfie video just kind of for my own purposes every day. I just did a selfie video of my face as I was walking. So I got to see my, my face change. You oh, know, that's very cool. Neat. Yeah. Do you think so? Uh, apart from like the physical, what were, did you notice like a big change as far as like any, um, you know, mental or emotional changes that you, that were maybe different from going into trail? Um, if that makes I sense. Be, totally. I, I became much more introspective. Um, at the end, I mean, I, I'm a type of person when I drive in my car, I'm like, I have full on conversations with myself out loud. (laughs) Like I'm just that person. I'm a weird guy like that, I suppose. And by the end of the trail, it was that to the thousandth degree, man. I was really like, you kind of wig out in a, in a weird way and in a positive way. I think, I mean, I felt, I felt good doing it. You know, I was reciting Shakespeare daily just to myself out loud as I was walking and people would walk by me and be like, what is that guy doing? You know what I mean? And, um, so I I became a lot more just like in my own thoughts out loud, but in myself, I would have conversations in myself and I would work a lot of things out. And I would think about my, my, life and who I am and who I want to be and who I don't want to be. And I would work some shit out as, as you know, I was walking down trail out loud. And I thought at at the beginning, I was so, so much more just enamored with, Oh my God, look at everything I'm doing it. This is great. I was so giddy. You know what I mean? And by the end, I was just, I really felt like an old traveling poet or something from like the 1700s who would just go from village to village, like talking to themselves, (laughs) their eyes all weird. I felt like that guy, which was cool. I liked it actually, you know? Yeah. I mean, you become a storyteller. You're like, essentially, yeah, you are like a bard going into town. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Like the two quotes that you chose for like the, the intro to your documentary, like you had the first one, which we already went over. And then your other one said, die with memories, not dreams, which is another 
Dao Te Ching, they said, are you a dreamer or are you the dreamed? Um, and I thought that was like pretty, do you think you're living your life as a dreamer now? So, so that quote on trail, you got to send me this book, by the way, man, this, this is not <laughs> um, so the guy named mighty bones is who told me that, um, that quote and mighty bones is a guy who was like a long distance runner and super athletic and that whole thing. And then got hit by a car as he was crossing the street and like broke every bone in his body. And when you say every bone in your body, like, you know, I get it. It was like every bone in his body. So arms, legs, back, everything. Right. And they said, you know, you're never going to walk again, that whole story. And he said, well, screw that. Not only am I going to walk, but I'm also going to walk the Appalachian trail. So he spent a lot of time. I mean, it's not, it's still not easy for him, but he is an amazingly inspiring and talented person to do what he's doing and hiking. And he finished, I mean, he did finish the trail. So for him to say, die with memories, not dreams, that means a little something, you know what I mean? Because he could have easily just dreamed of it the rest of his life and said, you know what? Okay. This is my situation. I'm just going to accept it Poor me. And he didn't, you know what I mean? He didn't. So those people, again, I mean, going back to stronghold and thinking about mighty bones and thinking about people who are in situations or unfortunately taking it out, taken out of a situation. What excuse do we have, man? There's always an excuse, but what is it really? You know what I mean? What, what does our mind and our body really prohibit us from doing? And sometimes, yes, you won't be able to hike the trail, but you can do something else metaphorically. That is the trail. Just push yourself and keep going and, and don't quit on a bad day and on and on and on all those things you learn, you know, from Springer to Katahdin or Katahdin to Springer, wherever you're going, however you're doing it. We have a privilege right now to be able to do something like this. Go fucking do it. You know, is that, did you know you were going to propose to your uh, now fiance before you started hiking? Or was that one of those thoughts that you had while you're hiking the trail? That was like two weeks in, it was like, Oh, <laughs> obviously this is what I need to do. So we, we've been together for a long time. So yeah, six, seven years or so. So we knew we were going in that direction. And I mean, I kind of say now it's like, I'm not, I don't really ever want to make another big decision in life again until I walk in the woods for a little bit first. It just becomes so clear, man. As soon as everything's like stripped away and you're left with what really matters, it's so clear. It's like, Oh yeah, obviously this is the right thing to do. You know what I mean? All the other surrounding things that bog us down sometimes they're stripped away and, and you're left with love. So about two weeks in, I decided, hell yeah, this is what needs to happen. And then I got to Philadelphia, I got to Pennsylvania and her family lives in Philly. So they came to pick me up and went and got like a, a family heirloom ring and asked her parents permission and then brought the ring from Pennsylvania the rest of the way up to Maine. And uh, she met me there and then that's what we did. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful moment was there anything else that you thought about on trail um you know that you're like i gotta do that you you've done or you still think i'm i gotta do this still oh that's a that's a i don't hmm, i don't think there's another big like monumentous yeah achievement that i thought oh light bulb i mean it's more about these little moments you know what i mean these little adages that i think about daily like i would tell myself all the time when you're too focused on the daunting mountain way ahead of you, you trip on the little twigs right in front of you. And that was like a, a big theme for me. Cause you'd be looking so far ahead and holy <laughs> shit, that looks really high and far. And then you, you know, you trip right in front of you on this little thing. So it's like, where are you now? 
Where are you right now? You're not getting to Maine tonight. So more about the little adages and, and mentality shifts rather than a big grandiose, you know, oh, I should go write a book or start a, you know, I don't know, NGO or something. <laughs> or make a documentary. Or make a documentary. Yeah, that I'm so happy it's done. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is the fun part. Talk, talking to you about it is fun. But it was a year, man, of editing, of going back and forth, figuring out where it's going to live. It was every bit as hard as hiking the trail was. And there's no hyperbole in that. I'm serious. It was really difficult. Oh, I'm so, sure. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that has been accomplished and it's done. <laughs> so I was just talked to my roommate about, um, you know, she struggles to watch stuff about the trail or like talk about yeah. the trail because she gets so it's nostalgic, but she also gets just depressed about it because she's just oh. sad. She's missing out on that. Do you experience any of that? Just like constantly being immersed in the trail, but not quite being in the trail or on the trail. At this point in my life, it makes me feel good. Yeah. It, I don't think I ever really got off trail mentally. You know what I mean? I still feel like that, like a hiker on the AT in a big way. And I, it sounds so silly. You know, it sounded silly to me before I did the trail when I would hear other people say that. And you're like, it, it's fine. You just walked. Like, what did you really do? <laughs> but yeah. there's something that happens, man. Like, mm -hmm. it really happens to you. So afterward, you know, from... The day I got off until now, I still felt that I've been a part of the trail. So to do stuff like this with you and to talk with others about it, it makes me feel really good. Actually, I might get to the point where it becomes depressing. It might happen. But at this point, it like is um, it fills my soul a little bit, actually. That's good. It's interesting. It's almost like, I don't know if you like Lord of the Rings, but it's almost like uh -huh. at the end of Lord of the Rings, you have Sam, you have Frodo and Sam chooses to stay, but Frodo has been so changed that he has to leave. And it's almost like you have two different types of people once they leave the trail. Um, and yeah. maybe you experience both of those at some point, but yeah. That's a, that's a really good point, man. I, I just, you know, I don't know when, when we're ever going to be satisfied and content you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like, I, I, that's something I do struggle with. Like, am I ever going to be an old man in a rocking chair, just feeling like I've done what I needed to do in life? You know, I always just wake up and I feel like, all right, let's go. We, what do I got to do today? And just chilling the fuck out sometimes is tough for me. So I, I can learn how to do that a little bit better. Um, cause actually I was just reading that, um, Tolkien, thinks Sam is actually like the hero of Lord of the Rings. And interesting. That is because Sam is the one person who like Frodo could not have done that without Sam. Sam mm -hmm. was always there to back up Frodo. Sam was the only one who could resist the ring. And then at the end of the day is the one that's like content going back and like getting the girl and, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like to be more like Sam might be yeah. actually more advantageous than like, a Bilbo Frodo thing where it's, you always have to keep moving. You always have to keep going. It's, it's tiring, man. You know, I'd love to be content one day. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. That's very cool. That's very cool. It's almost like, yeah, that's very cool. So it is that thing where you finish, or at least I struggle finishing the trail. It's like, Oh man, I got to get to the next one. Got to get to the next one. And it's yeah. like, you know, when are you going to be content with what you did? And, um, that's, that is interesting. I don't know. And, and progress is important. I mean, yeah. like, 
uh, Woody Allen and Annie Hall says like, yeah, we're all sharks in whatever he says, something about like, you got to keep moving. Otherwise you drown. Like if a shark stops moving, it drowns. So some quote like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, we got to keep moving, got to keep doing something. But when is that something going to be um, us just being content with it? That might be something as well, like actively being content. You know, is that a well, thing? I don't know. That's what the Dow says. They says to do nothing. It's do to do much. everything. You're doing too much. Do less. <laughs> do less. Yeah. So we've talked for a while and I do appreciate you, uh, you know, give me your time and, uh, everything, but I do have a few, just a few more questions and then absolutely man. your way. I just, uh, yeah, you got, you got to cut me off, man. I'll talk all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what do you ultimately, what do you want people to get out of your documentary? It's a wonderful question. And I spent a considerable amount of time thinking about the answer to that question. And ultimately I just want people to feel two things. One, I want them to feel what it might be like to hike a day on the Appalachian trail or through hike on the Appalachian trail, you know, just really get a glimpse into that feeling. And for people who have already done it or are about to do it, maybe it's a bit inspiring for them or invigorating or nostalgic, but with a feeling of that. The other thing I want, I would hope, and I would love is that people feel a connectiveness, a connectedness. That's a tough word. People who feel connected, um, the same things we're talking about, the Taoism, man, where it's just, it's like one experience where whether it's me or no rush or you, hell yeah, or like someone who is yet to do the trail, someone who paved it in 1930s, you know what I mean? We're all connected as human beings. And um, a trail is a wonderfully spiritual place to find that connection. And it's what I found out there and continue to find every single time I'm on trail. Um, I, I would love people to watch this and say, cool, man, I, I identify with this experience because I see myself in that a little bit. However, I see it. That's a beautiful response. Uh, my, my last question, I guess, and then I want you to say is if there is something you haven't said before, I want you to, you know, it's your time to say stuff, but so I, I want there to be a time in my life where hell yeah. And Scott merge into one person. Ooh. Um, yes. do you feel like. Hollywood and Nick are one is one person or is that still two separate entities? Such a lovely question, man. And I think, I think at this point in my life, um, I'll put it this way. My friends who I haven't seen since like my sophomore year of high school, they see me and they're like, man, you are the same person. You like dress the same. You look the same. You sound the same. You like say the same things. You're very similar to how you used to be. And like, that can be a compliment. That's like, cool, man. I am who I am. It could also be like, you haven't changed. You haven't progressed at all. You're still like a child. Um, it could be one of two things, but, uh, I, I think I enjoy who I am as a person. I really like what I see when I look into the mirror. I mean, I, I think I have a lot of challenges and a lot of flaws and we all do as human beings and it connects one to the other. It's really cool. Like we're not perfect people, but when I look in the mirror, I see all my friends and family who have, who have helped me become who I am. You know, I see the world around me and I, I like that. So the answer to your question is Hollywood, Nick, um, however people view me, how I view myself, I do think it's pretty similar to one experience. Like I'm going to talk to you the same way I'm going to talk to my mom, the same way I'm going to talk to 
my nieces who are young, the same way I'll talk at a job interview. I'm not, I don't want to change who I am. And if I'm not good enough in somebody's eyes, then that's fine because it really doesn't have much to do with me, really. That's just the perception they may have of me. Um, so I love the fact that I'm Hollywood and on trail. If someone called me Nick, I love that too. I didn't need to escape from anything. I wanted to feel like I am who I am, regardless of where I am or who I'm with. I think that's a big fallacy. A lot of people going at the trail, um, like that they think that they can escape from their, their real life or whatever, because there's no escaping. If anything, it's, you become a prisoner to your real life. If you're just trying to escape it, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, they, they run from things and run to things. And I, I suppose we're all doing that to some capacity. Right. But it's highlighted out there because you can't escape for too long. Like mm-hmm. we have so much in our own world right now to our, to, to kind of like muffle the voices around us a little bit. We have constant um, stimulation all the time with technology that you cannot think for an entire day. You can just not think that is not happening on trail, not for a second. You're always thinking. So who are you when you're stripped of all that? Who are you with your thoughts? You know, but, um, I, it, yeah, anyway, keep going. I don't know. <laughs> Again, no, I that's, that was great, man. Who are you with your thoughts? I, that, that really got me thinking that gave me a little bit of chills, yeah. man. I like that. It's good. Well, is there anything else that you feel like I got to get this off my chest? I got to say this. I just, I want to thank you for doing what you're doing to put people in positions to be able to express themselves, you know, and, and again, because I personally feel like I never got off trail. This is so wonderful for me selfishly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I hope other people got something out of this, but this feels really good for me personally. It's very cathartic. So I really appreciate you and the time and effort that and your talents and skill that you put into this. I think it's wonderful. And for anybody who may be listening out there, I'm I'm an open resource. And if you want to chat about anything trail related or beyond, like I'm here because there were so many people who did that for me. And if we could just have a little bit more of that in this world, I think um, I think we'd be a little better off. I mean, how many times did I get to a shelter and someone was like, Hey man, you want some food? I just cooked it. And I had, I have a little too much, or I got somewhere and someone didn't have water. Hey, well, I just filtered some here. You have, and it was so easily easy and, and seamless. And we're not cutting each other off on the freeway, honking at each other. Cause we have a, you know, 3000 pound piece of metal between us. Just be with each other eye to eye. And, and, um, we're okay in our differences. We should celebrate our differences. Actually. That's all right. Just, we, we can love one another regardless, you know, I don't know if I had to get that off my chest or not, but I appreciate you giving me the, the avenue to say it. That's no, not, that's beautiful, man. You know, there's a, there's a lot of love around us and we just got to look around for it and, and be beacons of love as well and provide it for others. That's it. That's it, man. And I suppose my announcement that if I ever come back to uh, Montana, or now if I go up to Alaska, you know who I'm hitting up, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, please do, man. This has actually been a Hell great yeah. conversation. I've really been enjoying it. And uh, also, so for people, just as another re- reminder, your documentary is Pack and Thank Soul. <laughs> and uh, where can people go to view it? Great. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the documentary is called Pack and Soul. It's seven 30 minute episodes. Right now, it's on Vimeo on demand. And you can come, you can find it either go to Vimeo or it's on um, my Instagram, which is through guy, T H R U G U Y. 
Um, you can find me there and all the information is there as well. So Vimeo On Demand, you can find Pack and Soul. And then hopefully later on this month, next month, it'll be on Documentary Plus. Um, but uh, I, I hope you all check it out and find at least one little nugget in there that you thought, you know what, that's cool. I identify with that. Well, I'm sure they'll find more because I, I found a bunch already. So I'm only four episodes right. in. <laughs>